Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Movies with William Fletcher. As per usual, I am your host, William Fletcher. And uh, it's been, uh, I've taken a bit of a break. It's been about a month since the last episode. I had an episode planned to go out, but the audio was lost, unfortunately. Uh, so that episode just isn't, it is not a thing. So unfortunately, uh, that's why there hasn't been an episode in about a month or so. But um, I'm back and joining me for this week's episode, uh, returning Mr. Harry Jobson as he has on so many occasions. The king has returned. I was moving house, sorry. Um, but now I have he a new kingdom, a new domain, a new um, a Mojo Dojo Casa house. <laughs> and, and also uh, returning guest uh, who is sub- who since the last time he's... Uh, He's appeared, has started his own podcast, and I'm going to take credit for inspiring him. It's true. Uh, because. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> Mr. The returning Ben Langford. Hello. I love talking about DreamWorks movies on here. And this is uh, the first time I think I am ever covering a DreamWorks film on this podcast. And I know, Harry, you must be so excited for this. I'm really a, happy, but but the hearing that stat really makes me angry. DreamWorks is so clear of Disney; it's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney, Disney, Pixar. Like for uh, our first discussion on Pixar, uh, not Pixar, fucking DreamWorks. You can, sorry, DreamWorks. Uh, mm-hmm. Talking about the Kung Fu Panda trilogy, it soon will not be a trilogy, uh, and I'm very worried about that fact because. I like all three of these, and I uh, that is true. Aquafina, I do not enjoy seeing things, but that's why I'm worried. (laughs) Are you forgetting that we talked about Chicken Run, William? I, I, mm, oh yeah, is that is that DreamWorks? Yeah, but that's fringe. Yeah, but that's fringe. That's like it's the same. It's like half. It technically it is, but it's like half DreamWorks, half Ardman. But I, I think this is a full DreamWorks. In that. This is like proper straight from DreamWorks. It's not a collaboration. I think, I think we've this spoken about like live action DreamWorks films as well. So We're going to be talking about the Kung Fu Panda trilogy. Uh, now, just to let you all in on something, Ben has... I don't know how long this is going to go for because Ben has to leave because we're, because we're in different time zones. But we're going to focus most of the discussion on work. the first two because I think the first two are... The ones that are interesting Incredible. to talk about, and I don't like—I don't dislike the third one. I don't like—I don't dislike any of these films, to be completely honest. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. that the third one is the least interesting. I think we can all agree it's the least interesting, right? The third one. Is- I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but it's—it's it's got the best it's- score. Like, <laughs> okay, perhaps. Well, going into the first Kung Fu Panda. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. DreamWorks, they'd been around for a little while. They, they'd done, you know, what, three Shrek films by this point? Shrek the Third had come out by this point. Um, they'd done... Correct. They'd, they'd collaborated with Ardman. They'd done Ants. Yeah, they, they, they'd, done, they'd done a few things. They weren't, like... I, I, don't, they, they, I don't think DreamWorks they do Madagascar. A, yeah, Kung Fu Panda's oh, they had, hadn't they? Yeah, they'd done Madagascar. Madagascar was, like, the first or the second proper trilogy, because you had Shrek, then Madagascar. Uh, the B-movie was before this? Oh, the B-movie, to be fair, greatest film ever made, so... 
Yeah. DreamWorks had been around. This was like they were in their DreamWorks room. had been around. Yeah, they they've been they've been doing this for a while. But I feel like DreamWorks as a studio, they never have been able to hit. Like they get tons of praise. Like people love DreamWorks films. People love the Shrek films. People love the Kung Fu Panda films. Mm. But they never quite get to the level of like Pixar or Disney in in terms of I don't know like what the highest grossing DreamWorks film is. I feel like one of them must have. No, but uh, like, I think it's th- th- flipped. But yeah, no, it would be yeah, probably Shrek too. But I think especially nowadays that the idea that DreamWorks is not hitting the level financially that Pixar was is fully flipped. Because if you've watched a modern Pixar film, I think the last Pixar film I actually enjoyed watching was Soul. DreamWorks just seems a lot more mature. Like if I'm going to watch, if I'm going to sit back as like a 21-year-old man and watch Toy Story, it's going to be for like a nostalgia or if my nephew's around. But mm. I, I can, I can go what I would like. I understand. Uh, yeah, there are bits in it that um. Oh, maybe not Toy Story. Toy Story is like a bad example. Toy Story is a bit. Yeah, but there's certain picks Toy Story is timeless. Actually, I've convinced myself the other way around because I'm thinking about Pixar films that like I think are a bit. And I was going to say a Bug's Life, but that might be like one of my all-time favorite. But I'm just Pixar going through. Just, I'd say Pixar has a more mature sensibilities than DreamWorks, honestly. DreamWorks is like a good time. Like if you're just like, you know, hanging with Shrek and Donkey and the Madagascar crew. But pick, those like early Pixar movies, those really hit you like a, a deeper human way. That oh, okay. A well, more long well uh, you are right. Yeah. I think a good example might be something like, um, oh, I mean, like, like, cars on, like Onward. Onward. I, I saw it the first, I saw Onward once and I thought, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. Where, where Onward is very mid. But I can watch Megamind a million times over. Like, I think mm. I've actually watched it already twice this year, and it's halfway through February. <laughs> yeah, so, so you Megamind find guy. DreamWorks to be a more rewatchable... Because, stu- I, I mean, I don't rewatch films in general, but if I had to rewatch, I'd probably pick mm. a Pixar film over a DreamWorks. Yeah. Depends, of course. Like, it depends. Like, if I'm given two films, it depends which ones it is, really. Like, if it's, like, Shrek or, like, A Bug's Life, I'm picking Shrek. But mm. if you've got, like, Wally I think, versus... I think it's... I think it's kind of the. I think it comes down to the talent that Dream that DreamWorks has in their roster. That's not to say, obviously, like Tim Allen and like Tom Hanks and like yeah, aren't great comedically, like Owen Wilson. But take um, wow, no, but take for example the cast of Madagascar. Like the three of the main four of them are. Comedian, mm-hmm. you got Chris Rock, Ben Stiller, um, David Schwimmer, and no, I was trying to think of Gloria, but I couldn't think of oh, Jada um... Pinkett Smith. See, but like that's the thing is they only I only hear the voice actors, and that's something I can kind of have an issue with with Kung Fu Panda as well. Is like I feel like Pixar isn't as reliant on like big voice actors. Obviously, they get them. Like Tom Hanks is a big actor, but I feel yeah, like you... yeah, I just feel like yeah. take DreamWorks is like the celebrity show. Well, Pixar is more. I mean, the best Pixar. Obviously, there's shit like Cars. It's not for me but like i don't yeah, you, think pixar would make something like like boss baby no you're exactly right i think pixar especially no dreamworks especially comes down to even in the advertising jack black is kung fu panda is poe yeah or jerry seinfeld is a bee that fucks a grown woman <laughs> yeah it's a really um a bad time to take a sip of water. <laughs> but but it's a really uh 
I guess celebrity focus sort of yeah. push. Yeah. But that being said, I, I, I don't know. They're Madagascar Kung Fu Panda, How to Train Your Dragon, and the first Shrek. well, Shrek, yeah, Shrek one, two, and then I'm just going to skip to the second Puss and Boots. A great sort of universe as the DreamWorks has built. Like How to Train Your Dragon is renowned as one of the greatest like animated trilogies. Uh, j- mm. Just because one, the way it looks, but two, I mean, I, I like, I love the story, and it's getting a live action. I don't know. I, I think that. When it comes to sort of DreamWorks, if anything, I can watch them more comfortably as an adult. I, I think DreamWorks, DreamWorks has a lot more misses, though. Like, I'm not going to sit here and watch Troll. Or, like, <laughs> I'm not going to watch... I'm not going to watch... You're not going to um, watch Shark Tale? No, I'll watch Shark Tale. But, yeah, the, the Kung Fu Panda, yeah, <laughs> it... Um... I've seen this film a lot. I, uh, I I think it's a great film. I think it's. Uh, in fact, give me a second. I've got a I've got a list of my hundred favorite animated films, and I've got to see oh. where because Kung Fu Panda's on that list, and I like lists. So Absolutely. let me find where it is. But yeah, it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, which I just read, mm. which is interesting because that seems like it's like how Indiana Jones premiered at Cannes, you know, or I think or, Shrek or Elemental. Too. <laughs> That's because I don't associate the Cannes Film Festival with like dream animation. Works. Like it's only not that. Oh, also, like, the dream the movie did. That's, that's that is interesting. No, generally, um, Jerry Seinfeld showed up in a bee costume to Cannes. That was like a big thing. But yeah, Kung Fu Panda. Um, I'm gonna be completely <laughs> honest. I think the the this series peaks with the first film, and then it all sort of goes mm. downhill afterwards. That's, that's a bad take. <laughs> I, I think the first one's the best, but I think I think it's a gradual decline. But I think they're all very good. But the first one, I think, is I, 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 dare I say a masterpiece. The first film. First one's oh. a ten out of ten. Second I, one I is would, like I would a. Agree with that rating. Second one's like a Ooh. fifteen out of ten, and then Ooh. the third's like an okay. eight. Like like it's like a it's a great peak come down. I, I hit it with a, a ten, a nine, and an eight. So I think it's a very um well, a very solid. Just giving the ratings away. Yeah 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 yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. So, uh, Kung Fu Panda is number forty-one on my top hundred animated films. I do remember seeing this film in theaters when I was like four or five, and I just remember being so blown away by it. I vividly remember seeing the Tai Long Escape in theaters and just like being amazed by it. I definitely, because I I remember seeing two and three in the cinema, and I have to Mm. imagine I saw the first one because I would have been about like four or five years old. So I would have been like, yeah. you know, um, but I think this first one, it's great. It's one of, this is one of the best Pixar films, I think. Not Pixar, fucking hell. One of the best, <laughs> one of the best, one of the best DreamWorks. I, it's early. I, I, I it's not it's that the early. Best. It's, like nearly, it's the best dream It's 11. Ugh, I don't, I wouldn't go that far, but it's, 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 it's <laughs> probably top five. It's, it's probably top five. Def, it's definitely top five, mm-hmm. I think. It goes shut I mean, out. Number one, no. But you've Fast got mega. Movie. You've got to think. You've got Mega Mind. You've got um, the new Puss in Boots. You've got um, Shrek Two. You've got one of the Madagascar films, I think, or How to Train Your Dragon. You've got Turbo. Do you remember that film? Not many people do. <laughs> no one remembers. Um, okay, the so uh, under- so uh, the uh, is my third favorite DreamWorks film. Just for- okay. And well, actually, Shrek fourth, and How to Train Your Dragon above it. Uh, technically fourth, if you count Where Rabbit. If you count Where Rabbit, mm. fourth. Uh, no, I it's How that. to Train Your Dragon, Curse of the Were Rabbit, Puss in Boots Two. I'll, I'll give my little like rundown. I think this is like a perfect uh, 
like underdog hero's journey type of story. Like I think it's one of the most well done versions in modern cinema. Like just the Poe is it's such a good subversion of that as like a trope, and just the fact that it's just like it's very simple for where a kid could love it, but I feel like it's also like pretty deep in its thematic. Like I mean, mm-hmm. it's very simple in like those themes, but I think it explores them in a really beautiful way. The music obviously is mm-hmm. like incredible. Like one of oh, I think yeah. one of the best I mean, scores of the decade. If we wanna if we're talking about the music i'm gonna say something yeah. potentially controversial i don't know this the score for Drop kung it. fu panda top 10 greatest film scores of all time maybe top five I agree. like i agree it's your first good take all day <laughs> <laughs> i i genuinely like I've, I've re-listened to tracks and i was putting together a list of what i would consider like the greatest I was putting together a list of like what I would consider yeah, the best pieces of film score, and Uguay Sens is fifth for me of all it's time. It's amazing. Like it, but the 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 bridge battle, the score, and like the bridge battle with the five and Tai Long, Tai yeah. Long's escape from the prison, and then there's like the final Poe versus Tai Long fight. But like it's mm. all incredible. Like Hans Zimmer, I I think Hans Zimmer's he's not like my old. To be honest, I love a lot of Hans Zimmer's music, but he's not like in my top five favorite composers, but he's he, he would be like fifth for me in terms of like compose like top five composers. He's number five. But like when yeah. Hans Zimmer cooks, he really fucking cooks. It's phenomenal. That's exactly the word I was going to use. It's your breathtaking. No, it is really good. Yeah, I think this is... Kung Fu Panda is so important to animation because it is one of the first examples of Western animation really sort of experimenting on like different colors. I mean, you watch Kung Fu Panda, the beginning of the film is dreamlike oh, and it yeah. looks completely different to those sort oh, of dreams the when they're describing yeah. things. It's gorgeous. And then you play that into the score and it's beautiful. I think the strictly, I think the third movie, I just really like Kai's theme. The yeah, it sounds really cool when he's like swinging the chains around, and it's obviously like that's straight up fucking Omni Man. Yeah, I think yeah, the, this it's the first example of a big Western sort of animation, really, yeah, really experimenting, especially coming off of the B movie. I think that was the like I think the B movie was the film just before this one. I'm like 99 percent sure. You're probably right. Pretty I think sure. this came out. Really this came out in like 2008, and the B movie came out in the end of 2007. Yeah, God. I think Shrek Three what was also movie. the year before as well. But yeah, mm. I think in terms of animation, you see nowadays so many studios are doing. I don't want to say a ripping off into the Spider Verse, but they're clearly being like, oh, into the Spider Verse, like could do something cool with animations. And now a lot of Puss in Boots did something very unique with its yeah. animation. You know, the new Ninja yeah. Turtles is doing that. You know, so you, but Kung Fu Panda. Mm. I feel like a lot of animation around this time. I don't want to say it all looked the same, but it was very rare to see something so different. And like certain sequences in this, in Kung Fu Panda, like the opening, like you mentioned. It was was soft, round, bubbly, and bright. That's what animation was. And then you can see them sort of really starting to experiment with it here. I mean, they did try when they did Flushed Away with Aardman. Flushed Away is, I really like Flushed Away, but there's something almost uncanny valley about it. I think, Kung Fu Panda really, they really find 
the sort of hits in the animation, I think number two improves on that. And then number three, I mean, it's not, nor is it better or worse. I just find it's... There's um, some breathtaking sequences in this first film. Um, oh, ways oh, I think... Except the score. That's a beautiful, yeah. beautifully animated scene. I love how the different, like, movements of each character are. Like, Poe is yeah. very, like, ba- like... There's also... What I have a problem with, and I, I don't mean this as a pun, so I apologize, but, like, Poe has a really good weight to him, like, his physicality. Like, how he's, like... <laughs> You kind of yeah, feel like yeah. how like like there's like a feeling of like like there's a really good like gravity to the animation. It was like yeah, a weird absolutely. thing to point out, but I feel like the third movie doesn't have that, so it made me appreciate it more the first two. Mm-hmm. Like when he punches yeah. like the dummy, like you feel the dummy. Like it's kind of like really the animation yeah. is really impressive. It hasn't mm-hmm. aged bad. I at all. think it's uh yeah, and like you know you see animation. I mean fucking hell, we all. I mean I haven't seen Wish, but I've seen clips of Wish, and I'm like mm. that animation already looks terrible and kung fu panda is yeah. a film from 15 years ago and it still looks great like you could release that today and it would look mm-hmm. just as good. like if you like that film, i would not yeah. think anything of it i'd be like oh that actually looks a bit bad like every scene like my favorite probably my favorite shot in the entire film is during tai Lung's escape and there's just that great shot where he's going mm. upwards and they fight all the arrows down and it's just a beautiful like yeah. just sea of red it's like that is one of those shots that's like I just want a painting of that to just hang up in my house somewhere. <laughs> like it's one of those like where yeah. every frame, where like that frame, you could, that could just be a painting and it would be a phenomenal. You know, like and it's uh, it's mm-hmm. truly uh, yeah, and just yeah, the animation and of course yeah, Uguay's ascent is is a beautiful. You know, it's so much vibrant use of color, and I think yeah, combining that with the score, I think. Because yeah. score for me can really make or break a film in terms of how it's used or how it's not. Like some films, like don't really like some films overuse score. Yeah. It's like okay, we can we don't need that much score. We need sort of a subtle look, so we just don't need anything. But this, no, scene, absolutely, yeah. But like I was listening to some of the tracks earlier, and I could just visualize the scenes as they were happening. Like I could, I was listening to mm-hmm. like the bridge battle score and i could just watch and i could just visualize that scene like all the you know like it's a yeah and i think that's what good music should be able to do i think i think i think a lot of the time score like good score you know should be able to help you visualize something you know in the film do we want to talk about the cast because there's uh quite a few major lots of yeah lots of names just just just, just quickly um we we're mentioning animation and score but something to really, and this sort of plays into the cast because it touches on the Furious Five. I, and let me know if I am wrong here, but they really do their research to make sure that they're not, they're not being ignorant in this film. They're obviously the joke about like the noodles and the fireworks, like that's all quite obviously overdramatic, but you take in mm-hmm. the, star, the different styles of Kung Fu like the different disciplines, which is yeah. Yeah. you got praying mantis, you got, I think it's like serpent, which is snake, you got monkey, tiger, crane, and then the last one, which is dragon, Poe. But I, I think even doing that and just having that as the Furious Five main characters and seeing the way they're animated, like Seth Rogen is a fucking praying mantis, but he moves, <laughs> he moves really like you would think a praying mantis would move. It's really sort of sharp and twitchy. Mm. And they've animated that really well as to compared to Crane or compared to which looks quite fluid. Yeah. Uh, I think they do it really well, especially with a lot going on to be able to individually maintain the, 
the principles of each character's animation because they all have to be animated slightly differently. Awesome. Yeah, they give all of them enough. Ca- like they're not the most like as the most developed character. Like it feels like in terms of developed characters, you get Poe, you get Shifu and Tigress, and then the other four, the other five. Uh, they, they, they're, they're not bad characters, but they do feel they're not nearly as developed as characters. So they're still they're not bad characters. You know, when you've got all these characters, because there's so many characters you need to, because you know you've got Poe, you've got Shifu, you've got Tai Long, and then you've got the five. You know, there's eight characters. Plus there's also Uguay, Plus there's Mister Ping. You know, like you've got all these characters to try and you know balance. Yeah, so I I, I think it's. You know, and they, but the fact that none of the characters really feel forgotten about, really, like they all get moments throughout the course of the film. I guess the only one would be Monkey, but that's because when he doesn't speak. I do also like how, um, you know, American films, obviously, but I do feel like it never feels like culture appropriation with the whole, like, you know, Chinese heritage, like being kind of set around, like, Chinese culture. It feels, and again, like, maybe this isn't like, you know, obviously the first two weren't. Like in like involve like a Chinese production company. I think the third one was, but I do think it feels really genuine and like well researched. Yeah. While like like it does, it feels very much done with love rather than like ignorant Americans trying to make a film set in China. Yeah. Like it feels very respectful. And it's yeah, if it, like they that. did the research on like okay, how do we pay respect? Like how do we yeah respect this culture? You know, it's it's not trying yeah. to be. It's not. Yeah, but yeah, to get on to the cast, we've got Jack Black, who I think is incredibly likable, just inherently. Mm -hmm. I just like Jack Black, who the fuck doesn't? And I think he gives a really good performance. Like, I feel like, because I always find Jack Black funny, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, it's interesting because he's never gone down that sort of Will Arnett, not Will Arnett, fucking Will Ferrell role of like, he just, because Jack Black kind of does the same thing in a lot of things, but it never, it doesn't become annoying in a way that I think it like does with Will Ferrell, for example. As much as I do like Jack Black, he is kind of doing the same thing and everything, which isn't a problem because he is good at it. And I think he's not, he's, you know, he's a comedic actor. I don't think he needs to be doing anything that special or unique really, but I think he brings a real, yeah, likability to this part, and it's and it's interesting to see this yeah. just sort of earnest character. Like you know, it's this very he's an incredible, he's an, yeah, an incredibly earnest, quite likable mm-hmm. character who just you want to see do well and get a you know a happy ending by the end of it. I do think there's like for a set of films that feel really mature emotionally and also thematically, I do find some jokes fall flat, which is fine. It's not like a major issue. Like the whole like mm. uh, recurring joke of him saying like the like kind of like the brand of it being like awesomeness and like him saying awesome like a lot of like really like like I don't know like middle school buzzwords it can get like it doesn't I don't know it feels a little dated at some points to me with that kind of humor but it doesn't bring down the film much but it does it is something where it does kind of take me out of like the what the rest of the film is going forth is kind of like you know or like a really well done ode to like martial arts cinema like there's a lot of mm-hmm clear influences the film is taking from i really think those like watching it now as an adult it definitely comes through more which i think are really well done i think the action just in general is incredible like i think the action here is better than like something like spider verse like, i think it's just really impressive and really like grounded like i don't know it's, i really love like the bridge fight there's like so many great scenes that really stick out final battle between poe and tai long which is fantastic uh, because it, it's a perfect 
culmination of everything that had been you know previously established you know there's the the game with the like he's got like the the scroll underneath the walks or whatever and he, like i think ian mcshane's voice vocal performance is fantastic mm-hmm. i think he, oh, it's it's great, yeah. he has that he just has a voice that like it has gravitas he, has, he could he could read the phone mm. to you and it would be an incredibly engaging like he just has that voice that's like yeah you know he's one of those actors where it's like, like christopher lee you know like mm. you, you would hear yeah. christopher lee and like he just has that mm that gravitas and it's interesting because i don't i don't love tai lung as a villain i i think mm. i do like what he is and i do like a lot of what they do i just didn't quite connect with him as a character as i did with um gary oldman's character in the second one but we'll, we'll get uh, to that later i actually prefer um, tai lung to gary oldman but that's interesting powerful villain but it also isn't unbelievable that he loses like i think the film does a remarkably good job of sub- of establishing him as this really powerful villain but then he can lose and it makes like total sense again i think that final battle is probably it's it's great because it's it's so much fun and it genuinely and it's a believable way for it because i think sometimes you can watch a film and you're just like oh how do we beat this imposing villain and then they just kind of get beaten by the main character quite easily and it's not it doesn't feel earned like you because you established villain as this tough you know really difficult to face yeah. threat but tai long it, it's believable that he loses no you're right yeah no absolutely and we'll, we'll speak on the the second movie and third movie the third film's final sort of i guess battles um when they come but i think this one this one's kind of battle by chance both uh, for a lot of it they're both mm-hmm. just chasing after one thing trying to stop the other when when it comes to it and obviously there's a butt joke in it and because it's an animated film but um and that was the culture but you've got i don't know yeah it's literally he literally beats him by just grabs his finger and flicks his pinky it's not anything that's it one it's a great callback it, it, it lasts like the actual fight yeah. is that like two or three minutes of actual on-screen time yeah, Whereas the yeah, rest of yeah. it is just sort of build up around it. And then when nothing happens and you go, oh, Poe just is the dragon warrior. Whereas yeah. I think the, and I think that works really well for the first film, if you intend to make a second film. But if that was the entire film, I like if that was the entire story, I don't love it. But the fact yeah. that the second film exists improves the first film to me. I, I give yeah. it a very sturdy 8 out of 10. I, I think it's great. Yeah, the score is phenomenal. All the voice acting is great. It's genuinely quite funny. It's quite emotional, mm. I think. I can, like, listen to the Ugwe Ascent music and can get, like, a lump in my throat. Like, that's how effective that score is. It's, it's great. I, 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 like, I like it a lot. I think it's a great film. Yeah, I'd hit this with the full five stars. Yep, I, I mean, I'm going to give it sound- a nine. It could be rain, hail, or shine. And I could bloody chuck on this film at any point. I could, I could right. literally be any age. This film is always just hit. Not once has I ever been. Oh, you're watching Kung Fu Panda. Can we watch something else? It's like no. It's like hell yeah, we're watching Kung yeah. Fu Panda. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah, that was always. And I sit there and I'm just like, again, it's something about being just so distinctly different. I'm of the opinion that this entire trilogy is better than the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy, and it, that's like a little battle Agreed. that DreamWorks fans have. I think just with the animation and the culture and the story, it is just, it's really good. So I gave it a nine to leave room for Kung Fu Panda 2. 
Kung Fu Panda 2. Yeah. So Kung Fu Panda 2. Um, this film's interesting to me because I feel like this falls under the same bracket. I'm about to say something potentially controversial. This falls under the same bracket of Shrek 2 for me in that there is a vocal group of people, especially online, who think the second film is better than the first film. Like, people Shrek 2 is better than the first one and Coffee Predator 2 is better than the first one. And I very much disagree with that. I do not... I, I think the first Shrek film is better than Shrek 2. Apparently, that's controversial, even though I think it you is actually... You're here onto your podcast, William. Body <laughs> slam! My... No, okay, go. <laughs> and then I, I don't think Kung Fu Panda 2 is... I'm with you, William, I'm with you. Um, but I, I think Kung Fu Panda 2, the, the thing that gives it the edge over the first one is it is a more emotionally gripping film. Because to I... be completely honest, I, I don't... I like the idea of Shifu, you know, of and him and Tylong... But to be completely honest, and I, again, I do prefer the first film more, but I think Poe's backstory and that sequence where he like mm. catches the raindrops and like that is a fantastic sequence in an otherwise Beautiful. not amazing movie. Yeah. Not bad movie, just not. I think that scene is so much think... better than everything else in it. Personally. Yeah, I think this is the ideal sequel. Not saying it's a perfect film, not saying it's the best sequel ever. But I do think that mm -hmm. it builds on the first one, it deepens the characters, and it doesn't repeat yeah. the story of the first one. I think it's no, exactly it's what you'd want yeah. from a, a sequel. It's not the same level of quality, but I think it's as good of a sequel as I could want. Because I'm not really it's a big like, sequel person general. As a sequel, I like a full story. You say, but, yeah. yeah, you'd say, like, as a sequel, it's perfect. Like, it is the perfect yes. sequel, but it's not a perfect movie. Which The idea of how they structure the three trilogies, so, uh, not the three trilogies, the three films. So, the first film, the main conflict isn't really, like, it's, it's Tai Long, but the main conflict is Poe overcoming what's in front of him about his identity. How is he, who is he in the world of Kung Fu? How is he the Dragon Warrior? In the second film, it is who is Poe as a character and his past. Yeah. Like, who, who is Poe? And then the third film is who is he as a panda? Who is he as sort of his family so they it, yeah, it goes so it goes to looking forward then to looking back then to sort of in the middle of both whereas mm -hmm. he has his two sort of families combine and use their hands to master the chi and that bit was sort of cringe to me but the second film the art like the it, it is almost triggering like the seeing some of the the bits of poe as a baby sitting in that crate where it cuts back mm -hmm. to him and the symbols and the flashing and it's quite intense. But then you've mm -hmm. also got like, you've got the amazing, I think one of the greatest villains, Shen. I think like, I think the greatest villain of all time period ever written is Iago from Othello. That or like the, the main fish from Shark Tale, the sharks. I, I, I think that when you find, when you have a character like Shen, who's, literally just driven by by hate hate and power he has no other driving factor it's hate and power he's a bit insecure it's pure concentrated evil there's no nice backstory you don't go what made him bad you go oh yeah. this guy's bad and the way that i also think the final battle the whole him with the cannonball and the water drop and inner peace is really quite awesome because yeah. it's now confronting what his trauma again, just got like 
in relation to who he is to find who he is as a character and as a person or a bear mm-hmm. or a panda i i just find that yeah it, it tackles a much larger conflict in the in yeah. the scale the first film's really great in re- relation to like being the dragon warrior whereas this mm-hmm. film is really great into okay how does this every character has a past and we cut into him being like i don't know what 25 yeah. so i think yeah the tackling of that is done really well Gary, because I I think Tai Long as a character arguably is more interesting because it's like you because because with with Shen he is a there is he's a driving really much factor to, yeah where Shen sort of there isn't a whole lot really of like oh he's just evil but like I don't know I kind of am happy when a film is just like no let's just have an unabashedly evil villain who yeah just. <laughs> Like wants to commit panda genocide, like that's mm-hmm. that's the entire plot of this movie. Is this guy just wants to kill every single panda? Because I think with animation, not all animation, but sometimes animation does kind of pull its punches a little bit too much. Not not all the time, yeah. but I think it's sometimes I'm like, oh man, we we really could have just gone a little bit, you know, like because i because this you know kids can enjoy this film and yeah it'll be might be a bit scary for kids but like it's i think animation it's it's interesting how much animation can actually really get away with in terms of like what they can do because again this is a film where he like he just wants to kill every panda and i think he and i think animation and like i mean the first shrek film there's some really dark moments in Shrek. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Gary Oldman, a fantastic vocal performance in this. Again, he just has that voice yeah. of like, again, Kung Fu Panda films, they're really good at getting good voice actors, uh, just like get good actors with great voices for films. Because then there's J.K. Mm-hmm. Simmons in Kung Fu Panda 3. He's got, he, he has a great design as well. Like just the, the, the contrasting white and red and black. Like I think it's a, Again, the animation is fantastic in this film. You know, you sort of get those flashback sequences with sort of mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah, they're, they're sort of, I don't know, sort of more jagged, sort of rougher animation. Oh, the flashback instead of the sort is beautiful. Of, yeah, it's, a, it's a, again, a beautifully animated film. I don't know if I think it's as beautifully animated as the first film, but I think it's still a very, <laughs> it's a very well animated film. I, I just, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy watching it as much. Like, I think the first... I don't know, I, and it's not because it's too. I don't know why. I just didn't have. I just didn't enjoy this film as much. I, I I was not able to. There's the a lot of ideas that I really love. Like the like, it's a very tragic film when you just like look at it. Like mm-hmm. Poe was abandoned as a baby, and I'm like, that is, you know, that's re- that's really powerful. But it just doesn't quite work for me. And I get this a lot with films where I'm like oh, this is so close to getting me emotional and getting into it, and mm. it just doesn't. And I could see how this film can make someone cry. Like, it is a powerful film. Like, it, mm. it just does not connect with me in a way. Like, the first one, I think... Something about the first one, I think, is more easy to connect with, for me, anyway. I, I, I don't think this one I can connect I think, to as well, personally. I think it's one of those cases where, like, the first one had something to prove, you know? Like, the first one's like, yeah, this is a Kung Fu Panda movie, and let us show you that it's actually, like, something yeah. that's really, like, great It's, a, it's well kind done. of a dumb title. Like, it's a bit of a, like, oh... It's a very dumb title. A film called Kung yeah. Fu Panda. 
Pen is going to be a good film, and then it just comes yeah. out. Just, and then this is great. Yeah. And then the second one, I feel like, is kind of just like coasting on what the first movie did well, and it does it well still, but it doesn't have that same like that same. Yeah. What's the word for it? I don't know the word I'm trying to get at here. But it's like, not, it's it doesn't not have the same like energy. Or it's not sort of like yeah, it's not punching yeah. up at something. Like it, it doesn't have anything like because everyone knows the first ones where it's like, well, we don't have to. I don't want to say try as hard because that sounds insulting, but they're like we. They don't have to prove themselves as much. Yeah, hundred percent. And it definitely, it just kind of is like it's doing what the first movie did well instead of, in my opinion, doesn't introduce a lot that would spice it up more. I mean, it does introduce like his backstory more, which again, it deepens what the first movie sets up. But I guess it doesn't have as much of a like, it doesn't set up, it doesn't set up as much intrigue as the first movie. Did. It just kind of deepens what the first movie already sets up, and I think it's still great. I still really like the second one. I don't have much to say on it beyond kind of what you guys have said and also just like what I said I liked about the first one. Mm-hmm. Because these are very, to, 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 to touch on the whole trilogy, they're very philosophical films. Like a lot of the yeah, best moments definitely. aren't even the, it's just the philosophy. And like, um, and I think, you know, you, you see the different stuff, you know, when Ugu, they're talking, when Ugwe and Shifu are talking under the peach tree and, and it's, you know, they're talking all about that. And I think this is a film. And again, you know, again, there's clear love and respect for the culture that they are portraying like there's no yeah that they have a genuine love for what they're doing and i think if you're gonna make a film because you know some are films that are dealing with different cultures just don't like the like you you can see like the love they have for the culture and the respect for it i do like that ugwe comes back in the third movie it's kind of like i mean not to segue to the third movie but i guess it's I don't know, but like for I do like that. I do like the idea of the tr- it being a trilogy, which I don't know. I'm kind of a person when there's a set trilogy, it makes it more like okay, the second's the middle act, the third is the final act, and how he yeah, comes yeah. back to kind of give Poe his like final, like Poe's final, I guess like set of lessons he needs to learn. It kind of adds a good finale to the arc that Poe goes. On. I mean, do we want to move on? I just want to say before we move on to the third one again. I think the action sequences are. Right, and again, that final action sequence where they're firing the cannon, the cannonballs at Poe, and he like mm. catches them and throws them. And, like, oh, and it's just amazing. the way those cannonballs yeah. are just the animation and the color. Again, these films, the colors, like animation. I think animation is the supreme form of storytelling because you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Like, it is like you can do anything with animation and that's why i would take it over live action just because live action you are limited by like reality you know there's only so much you can do but yeah i just think it's again i i I give this i give the second one a seven out of ten um i i I, yeah it's good i like it i like it i i will watch it again but i don't love it it's a ten it it's a ten because it improves on a, a lot of what I think the first film touches on. I, I think it builds quite well. I think the climax is great. I think even the story or the main part of them being sort of prisoned in the city or imprisoned, I like how Poe directly mm. speaks to Shen before the big fight and they're not even really fighting at the time. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it balances the comedy really well with because this is a much, much more sort of serious film. The first one was mm-hmm. really quite serious but it was more of a philosophical question 
Whereas this mm-hmm. one is much more like confronting. That being said, I think it work, like it, it keeps a balance between the humor and keeping the kids engaged, yeah. which unfortunately think- is just what animation was. I think it's had a large shift recently though. But then you take, yeah, you take sort of like Gary Oldman and some of the performances into account. I've never hated a peacock more, but yeah, it is also just gorgeous. <laughs> you get the whole like, you get like the whole the whole really fucking alpha moment where Poe, yeah, is catching the cannonballs as water drops and throwing them back at him, sort of using his own, which is symbolic for using his own ammo against him. But I, I, yeah, I think, I think it really, in, in the terms of the trilogy, it's a ten out of ten. It's amazing as its own individual mm-hmm. film. I reckon it's around that nine to ten still. With the fourth film. I worry that it will bring down these other films with its shit. Mm. I would hit the second one with a 9 out of 10. Uh, uh, Yeah, the third one, let's be honest, there's not as much to say on this third one. No, it's good. I think we could agree it's good, but I think we can all agree it's the worst one, right? Well, until Shrek, unless unless Kung Fu Panda 4 is, like, great. It's the worst one, but not because because it's bad. Like, yeah, it's just the weakest of the three. Yeah, exactly. It's like how it, it is kind of a disappointing the third Back to the Future is the weakest Back to the Future film. Not because it's a bad film, mm. but because one and two are so good. I do think that the third Kung Fu Panda is kind of like a step down in animation from the first two, which not to it's do a bit with like softer, the, yeah. yeah. It is. It, it kind of just kind of disagree. like uh confines to like the kind of tropes of what animation looked like in 2016. I feel like it doesn't have like mm. like how I mentioned with the weight earlier, it wasn't as much like the gravity to how like the action scenes yeah, work. Yeah, and yeah. I do like the um scenes in like heaven or wherever the fuck they were with Uwe. I thought those are really beautiful. But yeah, like I do think that the it. like I don't know. I just feel like it's a disappointing for like leaving on a cliffhanger the second one does. I don't think it really satisfies what you would kind of hope that cliffhanger would be. I don't know. Just kind of like no. the panda clan that he ends up joining is just kind of goofy. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't fully like um answer to the questions the first and second one set up. But I still do like it. I think it's fun. I think it has the same good action, the same funny moments. And I like Brian Cranston. It's cool to see him as the dad. I had seen... This is the second time... For for the purpose of this, this is the second time I'd seen Kung Fu Panda 3. I'd seen the other two multiple times over. um, because, And I think that basically gives my feelings on Kung Fu Panda 3. But, I mean, first of all, you've got J.K. Simmons as the villain. And Kai, and I think he does a great job Kai, yeah. for what he's given. Think JK, yeah, and J.K. Simmons, again, although every time I get J.K. Simmons, I just think of Whiplash. That's why he's, <laughs> that's why I think he's, he's such an effective villain, because at any moment, I'm just like, oh, is he about to start swearing at Poe? Yeah, he's got he just got that voice where... J.K. Simmons is weird in that he could simultaneously be like a very likable, quite affable guy. But he can also mm. just be really fucking terrifying. Like I think, and I think that's a, yeah. a sign of a good actor that like they can play both, yeah. and both are Great totally believable. Actor. And I I think Kai is a bit underdeveloped as a villain, but I still think J.K. Simmons gives a really great performance. Like again, it's sort of similar how I felt with Tai Lung in that. Ian McShane gives a great vocal performance, and I even if I don't think Ty mm. Ty Long is the most great is the most engaging villain, it's still a great performance, and I think Kai is the mm. same. I honestly found a lot of the returning voice cast to be kind of like, oh, okay, they're just kind of not. 
I don't know. I feel like this one. They're not really here. Besides Tigris, kind of. It's like Toy Story 4, where like most of the voice cut, most of the characters in Toy Story 4 are kind of forgotten about. I don't know if that's because some of the actors had Mm -hmm. died and they were just like, we kind of just don't want to have them in this movie. Only Don Rickles had passed. But I don't know. I think beyond Poe, Tigris, Kai, and, and the new characters. You know, like Shifu. Actually, I think P- Mr. Ping actually gets because Ping is sort of like a bit of a side. He's a bit of a forgotten element of those. Not forgotten, but he's not a big part of the other two. But he's much more of a character in this one, and he's got the story to yeah. be more of a character. You know, he's it's like the whole mm-hmm. you know Poe the dad you know, who is Poe's dad. It's like well, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's okay to have two dads. Uh, some people yeah. do have two dads, and it's it's fine. Like it's not a, but I think it does create yeah a good um, character because it's like it just it the film doesn't come together as well. Like it 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 feels like it. I don't know. I feel like the like I mentioned before, the first two had these really deep philosophical themes to it, and I don't think this one really does. Certainly not to. Uh, to the extent, no. Yeah, it doesn't have the... And it's the one that I don't see myself watch. Like, I can watch one and two. You know, I could be happy to watch either of those on any day. The third one, I'd only ever watch if I'm going to, like, marathon the trilogy. I you like know? the third one, but I don't take it nearly as seriously as the first two. I can watch the third one, but, like, I'll get a snack, and I'll just, like, I'll be like, oh, it's a bit of fun. Like, look at these goofy pandas rolling around. And it's set in a universe that I like, but I just don't find... Like, I think, it, it, yeah, it, it delves into the idea of Poe's past really well, but we kind of did that. But it's in a way less confronting sort of manner. It's more so yeah. sort of mastering chi, I guess. Also, not... I, yeah, it's, it's good. It's a fun watch, but it's not, like, great in the grand scheme yeah. of the films. And it's like... Yeah, just the action I don't find is engaging. It feels like it's trying to do the emotional stuff that the first two did well, but it just doesn't work. It feels a bit unearned on this one. It's kind of like, it's kind of like how they were, it's sort of like, yeah, with, with, it got to a point with like Pixar where they're like, okay, we know what we can do to get people emotional, you know, like it's, um, but it, it whereas this one is, is sort of doesn't, work really as much for me personally and i and i don't but again i don't dislike it it's uh it's a film that i'm happy to watch yeah i just would never i would never go out of my way to watch it you know i i would i i would never yeah i'd never go out of my way to watch the film i i give it a a very uh, a lower seven out of ten i agree I'd give Ooh. it about a mid to. Hey, I'd give it about a mid to a seven, seven to eight, seven, seven. I would give this a solid eight out of ten. I think it is still a good entry in the, in the trilogy. It's I think it's a good closer to it, but I don't think it has the same magic of the original. Two. No, it it feels like it's it's missing something. We're tying this. We're, we're talking about this one. Tying to the release of Kung Fu Panda Four. Um, no. I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm really concerned. I uh, yeah, because it. I watched the trailer, and I'm like, okay. First of all, Aquafina's in it, and look, I've got nothing against Aquafina as like a person. 
I have I just find her, I just find her appearance in things to be very grating now. It's like in 2018 where The Rock and Kevin Hart were in fucking everything and you couldn't escape it. And I was like, oh my yeah, god. And it's you like how Pedro Pascal is gonna is sort of like that, where Pedro Pascal's just in fucking everything. And, and now Pedro he's Pascal, gonna be Reed Richards. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kung Fu Panda 4. It's, you know, it's got all the returning cast, like, Jack, you know, you've got Jack Black, you've got Dustin mm. Hoffman, Angelina, you know, you've got every, you got James Hong in there, you know, and then you've got Viola Davis is apparently the villain, which I'm not against. I like Viola Davis. Don't. Yeah, no, so is the it, character the is, the, the villain is called the chameleon. But I'm just really worried about this, man. I don't. It doesn't I, sound promising. It's probably not going to be that thinking... good, but we'll, we'll talk about it in the review of the year because, um, yeah, so thank you all for <laughs> listening to this week's episode. It's a bit of, it's a bit shorter, but, you know, it's going to be uh, next week, fucking going to be long. It's going to be a long fucking episode next week. Um, uh, Harry, thank mm. you for joining me after you come back after a very long hiatus. I should be good to go now, though. I need to buy a new desk because... Um, yeah. I'm going to send you guys a photo of my current setup I'm running. <laughs> but yeah, Harry, nah. we will be, we'll be able to start doing episodes again, like on a more, more regularly. And thank you all also Ben for joining for, for coming back to do this. Yeah. Um, and did you, Harry, did you have anything you wanted to plug or not really? I imagine probably not. Everyone call your mothers, brush your teeth. Merry uh, Christmas. I'll just plug my podcast, The Taste of Film Podcast. We discuss movies like this one and uh, food. So yeah, that's a, it's a good time over there. And William will be on there sometime soon. So yeah. But yeah, uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed. And uh, yeah, I'll see you all in the next one. Goodbye.